1: In the green scene today, uh, why we should talk less, not more, about apocalyptic climate change and focus more on the less severe and yet quite serious effects. But first we're going to talk about dolphins. Uh, The great apes, of course, are our nearest relatives. But um, dolphins we've always known to be pretty sociable. I'm joined now by Dr Ruth Freeman, Director of Science for Society at Science Foundation Ireland. Good morning, Ruth. Good morning, Pat. So the dolphins, we've always known that they interact with people... Uh, you know, when given an opportunity, but there's more.
0: There is more and and science has been studying dolphins for many years and there's lots of things that they do that we do too. So we know in the last few years they make friends, they help each other to look after their babies, they even use tools. But this is new research that suggests they do something else that we also do. So I'm sure we've all had the experience of being in a noisy pub or a noisy room and you're trying to make yourself heard and it's very annoying and you end up raising your voice and shouting. And dolphins, despite living in what is normally a quiet underwater environment they do that too and this is research from a dolphin research center in florida and and this was a study looking at two bottlenose dolphins delta and reese and they live in a large lagoon so not not in a kind of concrete pond uh, which is obviously a very unnatural environment and they had to do a cooperative task that required them to communicate with these classic clicks and whistles that we know dolphins yeah. do so they had to swim to opposite ends of the lagoon and then they had to talk to each other to press a button at the same time and if they got the task right, they got, they got a reward. But scientists, they, they gradually turned up the noise to see what happened. And what Delta and Reese did, they, 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 they hugely increased the sound of their voice. So they essentially started shouting at each other across yeah. the lagoon. They changed their body language. They'd come back in and check in with each other. And, and they also got less good at performing the task.
1: Okay. So, so they actually faced each other more? So, you know, looking at the body language, almost like someone lip reading when they're having uh, a difficulty hearing.
0: That's exactly that's exactly right. And, and of course, we're interested in this because we have known for a while, could there be a link between more noise underwater, which is probably going to be caused by us, whether that's marine development or mm-hmm. fishing or submarines, and an impact on whales and dolphins. The
1: stranding uh, of them, for example. Exactly. Yeah. So, so
0: there has been some evidence that Noise has contributed to behaviour changes in dolphins, and this suggests maybe it's because they actually can't communicate with each other as effectively. Um, you know, they're tuned to to work in a, in a quieter environment, yeah. and and we have seen strandings in in noisy areas. Now,
1: another interesting and uh, quasi human. Uh Effect or defect they may have is Alzheimer's disease.
0: That's right. So, so researchers in Scotland uh, looked at twenty-two marine mammals, dolphins, and re- animals related to dolphins, and they actually fi- found the classic physical hallmarks of Alzheimer's disease in in three brains that they looked You're at. About the
1: plaque, that the plaques, is, yeah. the
0: lesions, the inflammations. Of course, they didn't study these animals when they were alive, so they don't know if they had beha- behavioral symptoms uh, of Alzheimer's. But again, this is interesting because we don't really understand why dolphins might beach themselves. I mean, this could be part of the answer as well. Um, I mean, again, it's very interesting when you think about them as a long-lived animal. I mean, like us, dolphins live way beyond their childbearing years and we often think this is kind of the flip of the coin for being very bright and sociable you have to have a big brain so you're born small and maybe you need a village and grandparents to raise you so Mm -hmm. exactly like us dolphins live a long time and and they help to support their offspring and their grandchildren Mm -hmm. so I think it's just studies that that again just help us to think about these creatures in a more holistic way and they face many of the challenges we do
1: It's funny when you were talking about the dolphins having to do a task at either end of the lagoon the two of them pressing the button simultaneously That in itself is more remarkable maybe than shouting. Yes, (laughs) that's that's true. The fact (laughs) that they can train them to to do such things. Now, we uh, heard yesterday that the doomsday clock has uh, accelerated by another 30 seconds. We're 90 seconds away from uh, the cataclysm. Um, and it's to do with the war in Ukraine and the possibility of uh, Putin using nuclear uh, battlefield weapons. Uh, but most people think of doomsday as being caused by climate change.
0: Yeah, that's true. And in fact, researchers in Oxford recently published a paper called Climate Endgame where they really emphasised those cataclysmic scenarios with things like human extinction and the end of society in this century. But really, I want to talk about a response to that which was published in the Proceedings of the National Academies of Science by researchers in the University of Colorado. And they went back and looked at the data and of course, they're saying, yes, we need to keep an eye on those extreme scenarios. They're not saying they're not possible, but what they're saying is they are much less
1: likely. Is that because we're improving or because they were wrong?
0: Well, no, they were based on assumptions. So one of those assumptions was that there would be no reduction in coal use. In fact, there'd be a five time increase in our use of coal, the dirtiest of the fossil fuels. They anticipated 100,000 income per person in every region of the world and the energy use that would go with that uh, and really no climate policy. So it's called the business as usual scenario, but it's kind of business as usual from maybe...
1: 20 years ago, okay. really. No solar panels on roofs, no, no electric renewables. cars, no... Exactly. All of that kind exactly.
0: of thing. Exactly. So, so while we don't know that the extreme scenario couldn't happen, there may be feedback loops like when the permafrost melts, it may release more methane than anticipated. So there, there can be ups and downs. And this modelling mm-hmm. is complicated. But, but what they're saying is, look, we're at 1.2 degrees now. There is a pathway to the one point I mean I think a lot of people have taken 1.5 off the table and we will breach 1.5 briefly this year with El Nino but I think what they're saying those two degrees they are in sight and it's important that we have a hope that they're in sight It's interesting
1: when you look at the ozone layer and the catastrophe that was going to bring skin cancers everywhere and now it's pretty much repaired
0: Yes and I mean technology has helped us to do that and new understanding and new innovation and I think when we look at the impact on mental health a lot of 40% of young people say this has a major impact on how they think about their decisions every day and whether they're going to even have children so I think it's about let's talk about mm. the likely scenarios
1: Well let's finally talk about global temperatures and Irish temperatures and yeah. what they're telling us
0: So as I said we're at about 1.2 but obviously the last couple of years we have had the warmest years on record and the northern hemisphere so we in Europe and the Arctic are being the most severely affected because of the way that we tilt towards the sun and of course again we can't underplay the extreme heat waves the routes etc and and certainly 2022 seems to have been our warmest year on record uh, and and, and that trajectory looks like it's going to continue so we've had months and months and months of these constant trends so again while I think it's important to stay in that middle ground we cannot take our shoulder off the wheel in terms of all those mitigations that you talked about.
1: One of the final points is about mental health in young people if they're being told about apocalypse and catastrophe all the time Um, they may just say, let's eat, drink and be merry because tomorrow we die.
0: And I think there definitely is prompting that, either that reaction or just real real anxiety and depression and an inability to to progress with with lives. So it's having a real impact if we overemphasise something that actually we're all working incredibly hard to make sure it doesn't happen.
1: Dr Ruth Freeman, Director of Science for Society at Science Foundation Ireland. Uh, Thank you very much.